passionate about the truth of God's Word and will tell you like it is, Autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years, and mom of four kids, and not to mention, everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hello, hello, hello. We are back with a brand new, fresh episode of The Autumn Miles Show. And I love y'all so much, I cannot even handle my life. I am so thankful that you guys would be with me. I'm so thankful that you guys are listening. I'm just so incredibly thankful for uh, each and every one of you guys that say, "Hey, listen, we are going to um, we're we're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna download Autumn's podcast and I'm gonna listen. Listen, my team and I are so incredibly thankful for it. We are so incredibly thankful for you. Okay. Um. So here's the deal. Uh, I hope you're taking me with you on your vacation vacations. I hope you're doing that. Um, I love vacation so much. If you, if you know me, um, you will know that I am a quality time person. Like I am QT all the way. If I spend time with you, then I love you, which is why I do so many selfie videos on Facebook and um, the lives and the studies and stuff like that. And I'm posting all the time because I am super, super hardcore quality time. Okay. So Um, that's what I am. So vacation is like the Mecca of love for me. (laughs) When I get to get away with my whole entire family and we go wherever it is and it doesn't even matter what we do. Like, I don't, I don't really care. I love, um, sitting on a beach, which probably is my favorite. Like if, uh, if I'm admitting it. But I also love like walking around an amusement park. I love, oh goodness, we've recently been introduced to the, uh, my whole family has been, I grew up going there as a kid, but my whole family has recently been introduced to the Great Smoky Mountains. So there's something about the Smokies. I'm a Dolly Parton fan. We named our dog Dolly Parton. <laughs> so But I mean, I can just be walking around watching them and I feel, I like feel love. And that's how I give love quality time. Okay. But I'm wondering those of you on vacation now, or maybe you're coming back from vacation or maybe you're about to go on vacation. Do you guys know of this thing called vacation depression? Okay. I don't know if that's the technical term for it, but about like the second to last day before our vacation, I will start getting so sad, like so, so, so sad that our vacation is ending because I'm thinking to myself, this was so fun. I enjoyed it so much. I'm like, oh, I don't want it to end, you know, whatever, whatever. And my husband will look at me. It's like this. It happens every time. The second to last day, he'll be like, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. We still have tonight. We still have tomorrow. He tells me that every single time. And in my mind, I try to be strong for my kids because, you know, but I am so, so, it is, okay, someone tell me, is the vacation blues like a thing? Like when you, when you come back home, is that a thing? Like when you have to re-enter the, the world, is that a thing? Cause I feel like it is for me. Anyway, 
If you're on vacation or getting ready to go on vacation, enjoy it. Enjoy all seven days. I have to tell myself that consistently and constantly because I'm like, you know what? Um, I don't want to be mad at myself for not enjoying it. So enjoy it. And for those of you that do struggle with the va- coming home from vacation blues, you know, pray for me and I'll pray for you. That's kind of, you know, what's going on in my life right now. I actually am like, I want to go away again because I just love it so much. But anyway, that's what's going on in my life right now. I want to, um, I'm going to give you just, just, just like a really sweet little meaty passage that, um, you guys can sink your teeth into after the break. I love you. I'll see you after the break with a passage from the word. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Does it seem like God is answering everyone's prayers but yours? Do you want to see results from your prayer life? Do you feel as if you are a professional Christian with an amateur prayer life? If so, Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer, is for you. Autumn Miles wrote Gangster Prayer because she herself experienced disappointment from years of praying with little results. Gangster Prayer will show you how to unlearn bad habits in prayer and build your prayer life on a foundation of faith and not doubt. Get your copy of Gangster Prayer today at autumnmiles.com or anywhere books are sold. Be sure to follow Autumn on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, we are back from the break. I hope you guys um, are enjoying listening along. Okay, here's the thing, you guys. I have been obsessed with this little boy's lunch. In uh, John 6, four weeks, like weeks. Every time I read about the feeding of the 5,000, I get something else out of it. I don't know why. It's like one of these paths, like the gift that just keeps on giving and giving and giving. I cannot get over this little boy's lunch, okay? So I have a little word for you guys about the little, okay? I want to talk to you about, because this is how it hit with me a couple weeks ago when I was reading this. It hit a little bit different. I know I've talked about uh, the feeding of the 5,000 multiple times in the last couple months, but I don't care. I'm going to do it again because you know what? It's God's word. It's always relevant. But as I was reading this passage of scripture, I was thinking about, we talk a lot about the little, like, you know, surrender the little, whatever. But what if it's like an emotional little, right? I only have, because of the last year, a little bit of patience. I only have, because of my last relationship, a little bit of trust, because of what, what I've seen happen to other people, I only have a little bit of faith. I have a little bit of peace. Not much, but I have a little. You feel like maybe pre-COVID or pre-2020 or pre-whatever, 
you had a lot of something. I have a lot of faith. <laughs> I have a lot of love to give. I have a lot of trust. And then, you know, it doesn't have to be 2020 and the and whatever. It can also be something a business deal gone wrong. A friendship gone wrong. A marriage that ended in divorce. You know, kids that are struggling. It could be a lot of different circumstances. But whatever it is, you used to have a lot of it. A lot of this quality. And now you find yourself only having a little. I see that this is happening a lot with faith, very specifically. I used to have so much faith. And then I got hit with this circumstance. And it really drained all the faith I could muster out. I'm just tired. I have a tired faith right now. I want to take you to uh, John 6. And if this is you today, I, I really do feel like this is going to encourage you. I feel like maybe it'll replenish some some of that whatever it is that you feel depleted from. If life events have literally tried to take out you mentally, I really feel like this could help you, okay? Um, I want to read John 6, and we'll stop... I don't know, maybe verse 15. Uh, here we go. John 6, number one says this. After these things, Jesus. Now, listen, feeding of the 5,000 is in the, is in the, all the Gospels, okay? is it, it is in the Gospel. I like this account. This account is what I've really been loving lately because of the wording of it. John just has a beautiful way of putting it, okay? After these things, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee or Tiberias. And a large crowd followed him because they saw the signs which he was performing on those who were sick. Okay. Then Jesus went up to the mountain and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of Jesus was near. Therefore, Jesus lifting up his eyes and seeing a large crowd was coming to him. He said to Philip, where are we going to buy bread so that these may eat. Listen to the narrative in John when I'm about to read. This Jesus was saying to test Philip for him. He himself knew what he was intending to do. I am obsessed with this. So here Jesus looks up. He's uh, clearly you know, seeing that all these people are there. A lot of the other gospels are saying they were in a desolate place. They've been listening to his teaching. Okay. Jesus looks directly at Philip and he's like, where are we going to, where are we going to buy these people food? But it was like a trick question. He was wanting to see what Philip's response was because he said of what verse six says, this, he was saying to test him for he himself knew what he was intending to do. Oh my goodness, Jesus is so gangster in this passage. I'm going to ask him this question just to see what he's going to do, but I already know I'm going to provide all the food needed for all of these people, and Philip is about to be speechless. Verse 7, Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, for everyone else to receive a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother, said to him, there's a lad here who has brought five barley loaves and two fish. But what are these for so many people? We're going to come back to that. 
Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number of about 5,000. So we're, we're, we're guessing there's probably about 10,000 people there. I don't know a lot because they only counted the men. Jesus said, have the people sit down. Okay, verse 11. Jesus then took the loaves and having given thanks, he distributed it to those who were seated. Likewise, also the fish as much as they wanted. When they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments so that nothing will be lost. So they gathered them up, filled 12 baskets and fragments from the five barley loaves, which were left over. By those who had eaten. Therefore, when the people saw the sign which he had performed, they said, This truly is the prophet who is come to save the world. Who is to come into the world. Okay? Okay. So we know the story. I needed to read it just in case you didn't know it. So we know the story. Jesus has already tested Philip. What are we going to do? How are we going to feed him? Jesus clearly knows he's about to blow all of their minds. When he looks at uh, Peter and he says, um, uh, I'm sorry, Andrew. Andrew says this. There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are these? For so many people. Now, I want to talk about this little boy just for a second. Andrew looks at the boy's food and he's like, I mean, here's some, but it ain't much. It's not much, Jesus. I feel like I need to tell you this because you've basically been making all the blind people see and all the deaf people hear and, you know, healing people of like deadly diseases and everything. So I feel like I need to tell you that there's some food here, but it ain't much. What are these to this many people? Meanwhile, the lad is probably there, probably close by, probably within earshot. Let's hope he wasn't because that was extremely disrespectful for Andrew to say. But the lad has come forward. The lad understands. If he's carrying a lunch, he's probably old enough to understand that what he has is not enough for everyone to eat. He probably understands that what he's holding is not enough for everyone to eat. Notice it is a little boy that comes forward. You would think in a crowd that size, there would be an extremely Pinterest mom that has provided food for all of her children. They probably have napkins. I don't know. They have all the gluten-free goldfish. Who knows? They got all the organic fruit snacks. They have like, you know, fresh sliced turkey sandwiches or whatever it is. Um, You know that there is a mom in that crowd that is probably thought ahead and and packed something for uh, her, her family, but she didn't come forward. There was not a a father who came forward that provided everything that his family needed um, in order to provide for them that day and to make sure they were cared for for that day. Was there a a dad in the crowd that had provided for his family for food? Probably, of course, there was. I mean, not all these 5,000 people are stupid. They knew that they probably needed to eat the rest of the day. They were going to be out. 
but he didn't come forward. There was probably uh, uh, wealthy people in a crowd this big, maybe people that own businesses that kind of knew, knew how to plan, know what to do. They got their business plan, blah, 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 ready to go, you know, uh, chopping wood or, or whatever it is that businesses that they had back then. I don't know what it is. Farming, being a shepherd, whatever, that had probably provided food for their family, um, but they didn't come forward. They hoarded their lunches. You can't tell me in a crowd this size that everyone had nothing. Now, the vast majority of people clearly didn't. Or Jesus would not have seen it a deed to feed them all. But those that probably had something didn't offer their something. They offered Jesus nothing. And then there's this little boy, which I could cry because I have a little boy. I have two little boys, a 12-year-old and a 6-year-old. I can just imagine my little Moses with his little basket. He loves to fish. He's obsessed. He's fishing actually as we speak right now. <laughs> I love the beautiful, innocent, pure picture. Of this little boy that walked up to Jesus, or to one of Andrew, and he said, "This is, I have this. Will this help? I don't have very much, but I'll give you what I have. The fact that this is a little boy, it literally makes me so emotional because I feel like this little boy is Those of you that have like nothing, like I don't have any more love to give. I don't have any more trust to give. How do I create trust after I've been hurt so badly? I don't have any more patience. I don't have any more peace. I don't have any more faith. I've given it all. I just can't seem to muster up any of it. I feel like we collectively today are this little boy. And we have a little. But it's not enough to accomplish what God wants to accomplish through us. What the little boy could have done with what he had was he could have hoarded it, ate it, and got really, really full. It's actually a lot of food, I think, for one person. Five loaves of bread? That's like a lot. <laughs> I do love me a carb, though. So a loaf of barley bread probably would, I don't know, be good. I don't know. And two fish? That's like a lot for a little boy. But it's not enough. He could have hoarded his lunch and he could have wrapped it up and he could have slowly, because you just imagine like he's at the front of the group and he like slowly walks backwards and he slowly puts his lunch behind his back and he backs up to the outskirts of the camp and he starts devouring his food before anyone sees it or anyone like runs at him to eat his food. He could have done that. But he didn't. He saw the need and he said, what I have is not enough. But I'm going to give it anyway 
to see what Jesus can do with it. And maybe, let's just be honest, what you have is not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough in and of itself. It will run out. It's like the well that runs dry. It's going to run dry. You're going to run dry. That's just real talk. I'm sorry. That's real talk. Unless it is given, surrendered, not hoarded, surrendered over to the God, the Jesus who can multiply anything. You know, as the disciples handed out the, the fish, it was multiplied. As the disciples handed out the bread, it was multiplied. It's not like the boy gave it and poof, there's thousands of fish everywhere. And, you know, barley's falling from the sky. It wasn't <laughs> not what happened. What is that cloudy with the Jansen meatballs? I actually think that really did happen in that movie. That's not what happened. The little boy gave it to Jesus. And as Jesus took it, he broke it. He blessed it. He blessed it. He blessed it. He blessed the little. He blessed the little. He blessed the little. He blessed the the little. And then he started handing it to people that could go serve people. I feel like we're the little boy. I just got a little bit. I just got a little bit of faith. I just got a little bit of trust. I just got a little bit of belief. I don't have very much. But our position should be just like that boy. But what I have I'll give you, Lord. Because you will be a good steward of it. And you will multiply it for me. You know, we think that we're in charge of multiplication and we're not. We're not in charge of it. The little boy never, not one time, disrespected the little he had. He actually found great pride in the little that he had. So much great pride that he took it to Andrew. And I wonder today if you're looking at what you have and you're hoarding it for a better, a better, I mean, I'm sorry, that sounds like kind of super negative, but maybe you don't want to trust God again, or you don't want to trust your husband again or whatever, but you haven't, you've factored God out of the whole situation. You've only got a little bit of trust. And so you're trying to control every little thing. You're hoarding the lunch rather than surrendering the lunch. The only way to get more of what you desperately need is to surrender it. Hoarding it will cause it to stop. The boy could have hoarded it and ate it, and that would have been the end of that. But he didn't. Multiplication comes through surrender. I um, absolutely get overwhelmed when I think even in my life what God has done with the little I've surrendered and I just see like like souls like a generation like like our generation like our world our country 
crying out. Our souls are crying out for the Lord to multiply his goodness upon us. And how that's going to happen is each, each one of us surrendering the little that we have. I really do feel like I'm preaching to the choir. I, I'm, I'm preaching to myself here. Because I felt the same exact way. I feel like I only have a little, <laughs> little bit of patience. And yet I know my God and I've seen my God take the little I have and multiply it. Don't hoard your lunch, people. <laughs> That's the bottom line. And I'm telling you what, you will be amazed at how God sustains you, provides for you, multiplies that thing that you need. And you will sit in awe of him just like this little boy. Imagine this little boy watching Jesus. Oh, I gave my lunch. I wonder what he's going to do. The little boy knew what he had and he knew what he gave. And you know, after that fifth loaf went out, he was like, that's number six. There's only five in there. After that third fish went out, he was like, what is going on? That, I only put two fish in there. What is going on? You know what the sidelines, while Jesus was doing his miraculous thing, that little boy will never and would never be the same because he knew what he brought to Jesus and he knew what Jesus did with it. Let me encourage you, who I believe in, for the sake of this podcast is the little boy, to do the same and you watch what Jesus will do with it. I love you guys. I loved this word. It's really precious. Such a sweet little word. I hope you're listening to me wherever you are at. And don't go away because after the break, I got a question from one of y'all. I'm going to answer. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministry, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab, Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. I got a uh, question from Melissa. This question is from Melissa, and this is like real, y'all. Like, this is like super hardcore real. Um, and I love these questions that we get in. Uh, she writes this. I have a promise from God that my marriage will be healed. Boom. I've been holding on to this promise for 10 years. 
I am unsure if this is what God wants for me or does he want me to divorce? It has been a long, mentally draining road. My God and faith is what keeps me strong. But when do I simply cease striving? Okay. So, Melissa, God bless you. Thank you for your question. I I love your question. And I can definitely see that this has been a long road for you. Um, because I don't know the circumstances of the divorce, um, I, I want to pivot a little bit from the question. I want to talk about standing on a promise. Okay. Um, your question says, I have a promise from God that my marriage will be healed. I've been holding on to this promise for 10 years. I'm unsure if this is what God wants for me. I don't know the circumstances of your divorce. No one gave it to me. I don't even know if you provided that in, in your question. But I'll say this. I just read this morning uh, the passage of Scripture that the, in the promises of God are yes and amen. If you have a true promise of God, you know that it is special. You know it's straight out of his word. You know that God has said it. You stand on that promise. You stand on it. You stand on it. You stand on it. I talk about in all three of my books, scriptural confirmation. If something is getting long and it's hard to believe for, I will go to the scripture and ask the Lord to give me a scripture to back up his promise if it's not already in the word of God. Scriptural confirmation, Habakkuk 2, I've stood on that for 20 years now. And uh, it's been amazing uh, to see how God has been so faithful because that is my pillar. That's my two by four that is supporting my promise that I have from the Lord. Okay. If you have a promise, you need to believe the promise. Okay. If you're unsure you have the promise, I would circle back round to um, the Lord and ask him to reconfirm it. Is this what you have for me? And go from there. Listen, God can be reached. He is accessible. When you, I just asked the Lord a month ago for a surefire sign about something that I was struggling with. And God knew I had a little bit of faith, like we were just talking about. I had a very little, little bit of faith. And I said, God, I need to see this today. And if I see it, I'll know that you're with me. And don't you know, it wasn't a couple hours later. My daughter said the very thing that I had prayed in private in my prayer closet with the Lord, and it confirmed my promise. If you're unsure, I would definitely spend some time. Ten years is a long time. I would spend some time asking, Lord, okay, God, show me. My faith is getting weak. I need your help. That's what the Holy Spirit is there. He is our helper. He helps us when we don't know what to ask or pray. He helps us. He intercedes for us. So God bless you, Melissa. If you have a promise and you know, and you've got scripture to back it up, then there you go. But if you're wavering and if you're wondering, ask the Lord to speak to you like I do so often. He is faithful. He will do that for us. Thank you for your question, Melissa. God bless you, my friend. I love you guys so much. I hope you're having the best summer of all time. I will be back next week with a brand, brand new edition of The Autumn Miles Show. Love y'all.
Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There, you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show. Yep, yep, yep.